This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number 45. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you for being here today, everybody. Today's show is supported by Bluehost. This is the hosting service that I used when I started my blog. As a newbie, Bluehost provided me with the support that I needed at a great price. If you're considering starting a blog for a side hustle or just for fun, and believe me, it's a lot of fun, (laughs) you can get 50% off your monthly hosting price with the link marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Bluehost. You'll be supporting this show with your subscription, so thank you in advance, my friends. Again, that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Bluehost. All right, let's jump into today's show. I just received a thank you email from WordPress that told me that I've crossed my one-year anniversary of blogging. Time flies when you're having a lot of fun. I've written nearly 100 articles, and today will be the 45th podcast. It's fair to say that I've learned a lot in my first year. Uh, the, The readership, the subscribership, and the podcast downloads have been growing steadily over the past year. So I'm hopeful that all of you who have tuned in have learned a lot as well. A big thank you, seriously, from the bottom of my heart for all of you that are listening today and learning with me and growing. Speaking of learning and growing... Today, we're going to be discussing financial independence. That is when you have enough personal wealth to not have to actively work for a living. Sounds pretty cool, huh? Reaching financial independence takes a whole lot of drive and determination. It definitely does not come to us overnight. There are difficult, difficult steps that we must take to earn the truly awesome rewards that come with owning owning our time, and choosing the direction of our day. One of those major milestone steps for people is escaping the grips of student loan debt. (laughs) This year in the U.S., student loan debt exceeded credit card debt and surpassed the $1 trillion mark for the first time. In our great state of Michigan, the bitten baby, The average student loan total is around $35,000. When you're barely making that much for your first starting salary, I think I made like like $28,000 when I I got out of college. When When you're barely making that much, eliminating those loans, it can seem like a constant, constant uphill battle. Fear not, my friends. There is a way for us to win this war. And we will all be victorious, happy, and wealthy. (laughs) Today, we're speaking with a man who's taken his $42,000 of student loans and crushed them into nothing. Not only did he erase his debts from existence, he got so excited about his success that he wanted more financial victories in his life. Robert Farrington is the founder of thecollegeinvestor.com. 
This site focuses on escaping student loan debt and building real wealth. This, this guy is the real deal, everybody. Robert's ability to eliminate his student loans and grow his business has allowed him to reach financial independence at the age of 32. No more nine to five for Mr. Farrington. (laughs) The beauty of Robert's story, as you guys will find out, is that he is now dedicating his life to coaching others to crush debt, crush the student loan debt, save and invest for the future, just like he did. On the show today, Robert and I discuss how he started the college investor how others can eliminate student loan debt from their lives, and lastly, Robert reviews strategies for building real wealth and achieving financial freedom. If you're excited about reaching financial independence and you want to know the steps to get there, listen to today's interview with Robert Farrington. He provides actionable advice that will get you and your family headed in the right financial direction. Without further ado, let's learn and grow with Robert Farrington from thecollegeinvestor.com. Welcome, everybody. We've got an excellent guest today. Robert Farrington's here with us. How's it going, Robert? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Excellent, man. Thank you very much for taking the time today. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your site, thecollegeinvestor.com? Yeah, well, uh, I'm a 32-year-old dad of two. I've been married now for, shoot, uh, seven years. And uh, honestly, I started the blog, The College Investor, just like it sounds. I was uh, was in the back row of my uh, college class, and I was bored. And uh, I was reading other personal finance blogs, so I was like, I can start one too. And it really just started as a a pet project and a hobby of mine, and it's uh, really grown steadily from there. Excellent, excellent. So what got you interested in that you were reading people's blogs and then you just said well hey i'm i've got something to say too is is that how it all started Kind of. I mean, honestly, I've always been interested in money investing. Um, I was doing my taxes. Like, I remember when I was like 13, my dad like sat me down and showed me how to do taxes. And I'd watch him update Quicken. Um, he used to update Quicken on like this really old PC that we had. And you'd have to still manually enter everything because this was like in the late 90s. Um, and I was just really fascinated by money and finances. And so my, uh, you know, kind of fascination interest always just continued to grow. I started reading other websites and other personal finance blogs. And then, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm going to share my thoughts too. Even though back when I first started, those thoughts were, um, I don't know, pretty embarrassing now. But anyways, <laughs> I really wanted to get started with it. Well, excellent. So you you developed a site and tell us what happens on thecollegeinvestor.com. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it started with originally me talking about investing ideas. Uh, I was a little disheartened at my college investing club. They were all talking about trading penny stocks and doing all this thing that I kind of equate to gambling versus actual investing. So I really wanted to share my investing ideas and thoughts and how people should do it. Okay. But uh, a lot of my friends, yeah, a lot of my friends were saying like, hey, uh, Robert, that's great. But I have all this student loan debt and uh, I really want to invest, but like I don't really have a lot of extra money right now to do it. And so we've really evolved now into helping people get out of student loan debt so that they can start investing and building wealth for the future. Uh, And I talk a lot about side hustles and earning more money um, because for me, that's the path that I like to see people take. I like to see them earn more and then use that extra income to pay down their debt and then use that extra income to start investing. Excellent. And that's what we're going to dive in today, everybody. These two topics of escaping student loan debt and building real wealth. So we're going to we're going to take a deep dive into those in just a moment. Uh, Robert, 
I'm a dad, and I started this podcast and blog very much like you with the understanding that in order to build real wealth, you need to not just rely on one one income. Do you, do you agree with that statement, and, and how, how are you manifesting that in your life? I completely agree with that statement. Um, you know, honestly, for us, uh, it started with, uh, you know, saving money and getting some interest and then also investing. I've been a passionate investor. I loved getting dividend checks. Um, and so seeing those little extra streams of income, I mean, they weren't, they're not really big, you know, they weren't big for a while. Um, but it was great to have that extra income. And then we started side hustling and I've always been a side hustler, whether it was selling things on eBay or Amazon or, you know, just doing all kinds of random things that I could do to earn extra money. Cause I, I always loved having those different income streams. Um, and it's allowed us to achieve our goals from getting out of debt to buying our house and more. Excellent. So what is your ultimate goal with with the collegeinvestor.com? Do you have a I know we hear a lot about the fire community and being financially independent is that is that your goal or are you already there? Where are you in that process? Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I I I have a view on fire that fire itself, I think I'm financially independent because I can do what I want to do, but I don't necessarily know if I want to retire early because I consider the college investor a, a full-time job basically now. And so it's definitely not early retirement. It is freedom. And I can choose what I want to do, um, but we still have that income there. So I'm not totally fired, but I think financial independence is is there for me. So you're doing this outside of a nine to five now. Is that is that the right? As of the po- time this podcast goes live, I will not be. I will be done with my nine to five, and I will be doing college investor full time. Wow! I didn't know I was going to be getting that big news today. Congratulations, man! That's huge. Thank you. Yeah. So you've been let's let's dive into that a little bit. So how long sure. have you been working the the W two or the nine to five? Well, shoot, I've been doing the nine to five. I mean, I started my first nine to five job when I was sixteen. So uh, seventeen, sixteen, seventeen years of nine to five in it. Okay. So you for those seventeen years, you've been uh, grinding away and also increasing your knowledge uh, on everything money related, financial related. Did you have this thought of becoming financially independent uh, or, or when, when did that, when did that thought occur to you? You know, I think it really occurred to me about three or four years ago when the blog started uh, not making just like little bits of money, but started actually making substantial money. Uh, About two years ago, it replaced like the day job income. And so, you know, it just continued to grow from there. And uh, I really wanted to make sure we had a nice runway, like uh, not to say that the Internet's going to shut down tomorrow, but you never know, right? (laughs) Yeah, you never know. (laughs) So, you know, having a nice runway built up and so making sure that everything's going well on that front. Well, that's great, man. So how long have you been doing the college investor and and, and until what point at this point where you're feeling financially dependent? Has it been five years, 10 years? Well, you really hit that financial independence mark about two years ago. Um, you know, but really felt comfortable with it. Cause I think there's a difference between like what you actually see in your bank accounts and when you actually have a comfort level. Mm-hmm. So I'd say we actually probably financially hit it about two years ago, felt comfortable with it about a year ago. Um, but really been doing the college investor. Um, so 2009 is when it started. So we're coming up on our eight year anniversary uh, of that site, believe it or not. Um, you know, so it's actually been going for quite a while. That's great. And you're, and you're doing something. I like what you said earlier. You said, yeah, I'm financially independent, but the whole retire early thing, it probably doesn't work for you. And I, I, I agree with that. I mean, we're going to want to do something. I mean, even though we're financially independent, we want to help people. We want to do things that work our brains. We want to, you know, contribute. And it sounds like that's where you're going. Is that right? 
Totally. And I, that's what I really enjoy doing the college investor. I kind of view it as like my financial literacy advocacy platform. Um, yes, it makes money, but it really, that's really what I want to see myself as the champion of is helping people um, develop their financial literacy skills. Because sadly, I'd like to catch more people before they need to get out of student loan debt. I'd like to honestly stop people from getting into it so much from the start. <laughs> well, excellent. Let, I think that's a great segue. Let's Let's jump into that. So we talked at the beginning of the show, we're going to talk about escaping student loan debt. Let's talk about that right now. Sure. So you said that on your site, this is, a, this is a Robert Farrington quote here, the number one dilemma holding back millennials from investing and building wealth is student loan debt. Can you tell us why that is? Yeah, because honestly, there is this burden of debt that is on millennials' shoulders that is holding them back from deploying capital, so like their money, in other ways. So if they're having to make a $200, $400, $500 a month student loan payment, that's money that honestly they can't be using to invest and they can't be using to build wealth for the future. Sadly, the average millennial has a negative net worth. When they're done with college, they have all this debt and they don't really have any assets to show for it. So it takes a good few years before they can even get to zero so that they could start building wealth and actually moving in a positive direction. Wow. Okay. So let's say I have, I'm a millennial and I've got some big old debt because I went to college and then I decided I needed a master's program right afterward and I've got, oh man, $80,000 in debt. What, what high level strategies can I take to get rid of this stuff? Yeah. So the number one thing you need to do is just get organized. So shockingly, too many people are just not organized with their loans and how much their monthly payments are and what their own budgets are. So I think you can use whatever personal finance software or tools that you like, but you've got to lay it all out and just know what your income and expenses are and how much that debt is costing you. Once you have that baseline, you need to pick an income-based repayment program or other repayment program for your loans that you can afford. The worst thing you can do is not pay your student loans. So even if you are only on an income-driven plan and making a $1 a month payment towards your loans, that is better than not paying your loans at all. So make sure you pick a repayment plan that works for you. And then I think the third thing is, is that you need to figure out how to earn more, whether that is using the tools that you gained in your education and go get a better job or a higher paying job, or whether it's side hustling on the side of that job so that you can pay, earn more to pay back that debt. Um, those are kind of my three pillars of how people can really start making progress on their student loan debt in general. Excellent. And, and I've heard a lot about refinancing the, the debt. Obviously, what you said is making sure you understand your numbers. So refinancing is probably not going to help uh, everybody if they're not getting intimate with their numbers and how to solve it. But if people do get that intimacy, they lay out all the information that they have. Have you worked with or know any refinancing services companies that have been helpful for people? Yeah, so student loan refinancing can be a great option in some cases. Honestly, if you have federal student loans, it probably doesn't make sense unless you can easily afford your student loan payment on the standard plan with no income stuff, and you're not planning on getting student loan forgiveness or any kind of special programs. Um, the reason is, is when you refinance your student loans, you are taking out a private student loan that pays off your other loans, and now you're making payments on this private loan. Now, this private loan can have a lower interest rate, which will save you money, and that's cool. But for some people, it doesn't make sense. Um, 
You know, there are a lot of student loan refinancing services out there. I like Credible personally. Um, they're a comparison tool, and that's why I like them. So you put in your information, and they'll compare a bunch of different student loan refinancing lenders in about two minutes for you. And you can kind of see, and it doesn't even have a, it doesn't even require a credit check. So like you can honestly just go and explore the tool and see if it even makes sense to refinance. Of course, they ask for more information as you go through the process, but I think it's a great way to get a snapshot. And there's also ones like SoFi and Common Bond that a lot of people have heard of as well that are they're great services. Excellent. Okay, so make sure you've got your ducks in a row before you use refinance as a or refinancing as a as a process for you, right? Totally, because if you refinance your federal loans and you're planning on taking advantage of an income-driven repayment plan, uh, you could be in a world of hurt later on. Um, so there really are scenarios where it makes sense, but I would say for the vast majority of federal student loan borrowers, it won't make sense to refinance. And another thing that I've been hearing about lately is is almost finding companies to work for that actually help people out with the student loan crisis. Have you heard a lot about that as well? Yes, it's one of the things that we love right now is um, student loan repayment assistance programs. So a lot of companies, a lot of the big Fortune 500 companies are now starting to offer this as an employee benefit. Um, They used to offer something called like tuition assistance and things. So if you're going to college while working at the company, they would give you some money to pay, you know, to pay for your school. But no one was doing anything about student loan borrowers when they already had that debt. So some companies like Fidelity and others, they are offering this as an employee benefit and they'll give you, so every company's a little different, but anywhere from $100 a month to up to $10,000 a year. And they'll give that to your student loans and just pay it off just for working at that company as an employee perk. And so that's a pretty good deal if you already have the debt. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes and texting plan for only 25 bucks 
per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Okay. All right. Let's let's say I've got a... Um... I've got a plan in place to get rid of this debt, or I've just completed getting rid of my student loan debt. What's the next step for people? It's, I mean, you, you mentioned on your site, building real wealth. Let's talk about that. So after I've got all the debt gone from my life, and I've got a good job, how how else can I be earning income, making a big difference in my in my net worth outside of my nine to five? Yeah, so now it's time to do the fun part, which is saving and investing, right? So, you know, the first thing you need to do is make sure you have a good savings account and an emergency fund, but that'll pay you interest if you do it right. You know, interest rates are slowly rising, so you can get like 1%, 1.5% now in a high yield savings account. Uh, it's not amazing, but it's an income stream, and that's awesome. Uh, you know, and then it's time to start investing. So, I think most people need to start with their employer retirement plan, you know, take advantage of your 401k, then start investing in an IRA. And then, you know, you can start looking at other goals down the line, but, you know, start contributing to these investments accounts um, and start investing in the market. And then you'll start seeing your wealth grow over time. Excellent. And the, the whole IRA debate between traditional and Roth, obviously that completely depends on uh, people's individual situations. Is that right? Based on income and things like that? It totally does. I think it skews more to the Roth IRA. I think that'll make a lot of sense for most people. But, you know, it really does depend on your individual situation. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is just do it. I think what people don't realize is for younger adults, um, you know, the biggest driver of your wealth growth is not going to be what you invest in or what vehicle you invest in, but it's the simple act of doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just putting the money in the account is going to be the best thing that you could possibly do because you're not going to see these compounded returns and that growth until, you know, 20 or 30 years down the road. Yeah. I think about my, my 20 year old nephew, he's about to go back to Michigan state for his junior year and man i just wish i had all the knowledge that i have right now about starting investing early just doing something like you said i might not need all of the you know the information about exactly where i need to be but something simple something like an index fund just to start man would he just have some you know a huge huge spot in his life in his 30s right Oh, absolutely. If you could start when you're 18 or 20 and just put even like $50 a month, like something so tiny away, but by the time you're like 28 or 30, like that amount would have grown and you'd be like so happy that you have that money in that account. Um, and then, you know, looking back in hindsight now, like when you are 28 or 30, you look at all the things that you wasted 50 bucks a month on and you're like, I could have totally done that. Oh man, all of the cases of beer that I bought at college. And, <laughs> right? Oh man, yeah, absolutely. So um, so you, you mentioned a bit about saving and investing and specifically mentioned utilizing your workplace 401k or traditional or Roth IRA. Those are all good retirement opportunities. 
Are you into or have any information on investing uh, vehicles that you could take advantage of before you're 59 and a half or in your 60s? What what other routes are there that people can utilize? Say, let's say they're maxing those other ones out. Where else can they go? Yeah, so I, I kind of view it as an order of operations kind of thing. So I say, you know, do the 401k to your employer match. And then once you're at your employer match, I think you should go to an IRA. And then once you max your IRA, I think you should go back to your 401k. And then you can decide some other options there. And I think most people go into a traditional taxable brokerage account, which you know some people get scared away from, but it's not a bad deal. Because you have to realize that in a taxable brokerage account, you're only paying capital gains when you sell. And then once you sell over a year, you're going to pay long-term capital gains, which are a much lower interest rate, or sorry, tax rate. And then you also you pay tax on any dividends that you receive, but your long, you know, your qualified dividend taxable um, tax rate is also very low. And so you could be paying 15 or 20% in taxes on a taxable brokerage account, which is a pretty darn good deal because you're probably paying that on contributions that you're putting into a Roth IRA. Because remember, you pay taxes on your income before you can invest in that Roth IRA. Or on the flip side, you're going to probably pay that or greater on a traditional IRA when you withdraw that money in retirement. So people shouldn't necessarily uh, shy away from a taxable investing account. Uh, but I do think that you should take advantage of those uh, retirement accounts first. Excellent. Well, so so let's let's break that down a little bit. Let's say I have ten thousand dollars in a taxable brokerage account, and it goes up to fifteen thousand dollars by the end of the year. For some reason, this is just a magical year. Totally. <laughs> that five thousand uh, dollars of uh, increase there, you're saying that I I'm not paying taxes on that until I actually make a sale. Is that correct? That is correct. So as long as you don't sell anything, it can grow all it can grow and you're not going to pay anything if it just, you know, it's it's an un, you know, unclaimed gain. Like you don't you don't have to unrealized gain. You don't have to worry about it. Like just enjoy that that value in your account. Mm-hmm. The only time you pay taxes is if you sell it or if you actually get that income. So if you get a dividend from that investment or something like that. Okay, so if I decide to do the drip plan and it keeps going back in with the uh, dividend reinvestment, uh, then I wouldn't pay taxes on the dividend either. Uh, you would because you earned that income that year and then that money would go right back in ah, um, and grow. Got so it, yeah, got you, it, got you pay it, okay. it on those, you pay it on those dividends. But, uh, you know, honestly, if it's over, if it's a qualified dividend over a year, you're going to pay that low rate anyway. So it's not a bad, not a bad deal. Good. All right. We're learning a lot here today. This is great. So you talk about side hustles a lot and we mentioned it at the top of the show. Can you explain what is a side hustle and maybe some options for people that are considering that fast money that they might need? Yeah, you know what? Like, it's so funny. Side hustle is like the in vogue term these days. Um, (laughs) You know, but if you go back in the last five years, like a side hustle is anything you're doing outside of your job to earn extra money. It used to be called moonlighting. Uh, You know, some people, I mean, a side hustle could technically just be a second job. Like people have had second jobs for, you know, hundreds of years. It's nothing to be crazy about to have a second job or to moonlight or to side hustle. But, um, you know, that's really what it is. It's how can you earn money outside of your main nine to five job okay. and uh you know so yeah. so so what are the what are the, some of those options so let's say i'm 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 back to my student loan craziness and i've got you know twenty thousand dollars that i want to i want to pay this thing i want to get the, i want to get rid of this thing and i need to get some you know some fast money uh to make this happen do you have any side hustle options for people that are maybe in their 20s and 30s that want to just get rid of this this debt Absolutely. I mean, there are like 
hundreds, maybe thousands of ways to earn money. So, you know, if you're feeling entrepreneurial, like go out, start a business, start a blog, uh, sell stuff on eBay, sell stuff on Amazon, start driving for Uber or Lyft. Um, be a, if you don't want to have people in your car, like drive for Uber Eats and deliver food or do Postmates. Um, all these ways are like services that you could take advantage of now. Now, if you're not feeling entrepreneurial, like you could still go out and get a second job. Um, it's not unheard of. Like people kind of shy away from that. But if you really have this goal of getting out of debt, like, you know, you got to work nine to five, but what are you doing from five to nine every single night? Well, that's good. And you mentioned, so we talked about some of those things and, and, you know, I had, uh, I had read this or heard this recently that <clears throat> obviously varying levels of side hustles, right? There's stuff that you can get the fast cast quick. So you mentioned Uber or Uber Eats. It doesn't take a lot of skill. It takes a, a car, and yep. your willpower, right? So you could go get that and, and you know, probably make some decent money. If you right. have a longer time horizon, you know, you mentioned the blog and your success here at the top of the show. I, I don't think you are making the type of money that you're making now in year one. Is that correct? I mean, some of these are going to be a little longer time horizon to make some to make some um, big waves, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I didn't make anything for the first two years that I started blogging. But on the flip side, I also didn't know what I was doing and was doing it much as a hobby. And when I really started transitioning um, in from a hobby and like started doing some research and learning, I was able to turn that into about $100 a month pretty darn quick. Now, it's not a ton of money, but $100 a month can go a long way to paying down some student loan debt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah. So if we break it up a little bit, if you need some fast money to get it done, obviously a second job that you could take advantage of uh, immediately, like an Uber or just, like you said, something else that you're skilled at that you can do in your in your free time, weekends, nights, things like that. And then if you have a longer time horizon, looking at uh, a blog, uh, maybe developing a business that might take a couple of years to get off the ground, but maybe the obviously the the investment or the uh, the income might be a little bit more scalable with those types of things absolutely and I, I really just don't want to dismiss actually getting a real job so like go out and work in retail go go get a job at one of the big retailers this holiday season um you know this podcast is going to come out right before the holidays so you know it's not a long-term thing but you can go be a seasonal employee for three months and you know you might earn like four hundred dollars five hundred dollars a week but that's a can make a huge difference for you absolutely and clobbering that debt that is uh that is no fun. <laughs> no, it's it's not. And, you know, it's it's that trade-off. Like, where do you want to devote your time and effort and resources to? Are you going to sit at home watching TV and just worry about your debt? Or are you going to take that same amount of time and go work it and put that effort towards solving the problem? Actually, so, so, Robert, did you have student loans as you were going through your, um, you know, your, your, your younger years? Yeah, I did. I graduated with about $42,000 in student loan debt. So tell us how you cleaned that up. Just like I, right, like I were talking about there today. So it's side hustling. So I would say like, you know, I, I always sold stuff on eBay. Like I, know I was looking the other day, my eBay account started in 2001 when I was a senior in high school. Um, so like I always was doing stuff on eBay, on Amazon, and then, uh, you know, started the blog. Didn't make a lot of money on the blog, but it started growing over time. And uh, I used all that extra income, though, to pay off my student loan debt. And then we used that extra income to save for a house. And we bought a house and, you know, just kind of worked from there. And so, um, you know, that extra income can go a long way to achieving whatever goal you're going after. Excellent. And does your does your wife work as well? 
you know, she worked for the first few years of our marriage, but for the last few years, um, she's been stay at home, which is another thing that this extra income has allowed. Excellent. So you guys got to a point with your extra income where your wife was able to stay at home with your child. And how, how old is your child? Uh, my oldest is four, and then we have our youngest is going to be turning a year here pretty shortly. Oh, so you got two. That's that's great. Yeah, man. yeah. We're um, I've got a five year old daughter and a three year old son, so we're we're kind of in the same neck of the woods there. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. So being being a dad, does that sort of amplify your your drive and focus to to keep building wealth for your family? You know, it really does. And uh, it's one of the drivers that kind of I wanted to get to this point where I could leave my nine to five uh, because I wanted that time and flexibility to uh, spend time with my family and be there. So, you know, side hustling is great. But like, let's not kid ourselves. It does take a lot of time. So, I mean, I was working nine to five and then I was putting in another two, three hours a day on the side business. And, uh, you know, while the side business was a side business and flexible, um, you know, it really does take away from things. So really trying to transition into the college investor full time um, so that we can enjoy the time with the, the kids when they're young. That's excellent. So you're getting to that point uh, right now, which is excellent yep. to talk to you about. So how are you feeling about that transition point where you're going to be working on the collegeinvestor.com fully and leaving the leaving the nine to five? Is it going to be is it going to be a tough transition for you? Are you elated about it? What, what are you feeling right now? Uh, elated about it, but you know what? I think it's going to be a transition period as well. Uh, you know, cause it's going to have to remake a new routine and a new schedule. And what does that look like? And, um, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, working a nine to five for so long, and then at the same time, juggling the college investor, um, you know, I've had multiple, you know, a few years of the same routine and uh, routine is comfortable. So this isn't necessarily comfortable in that regard, but I am elated overall. That's great. What what was or is the the nine to five that you're you're leaving? What what type of industry are you in? I was I'm a store manager in retail. So okay, okay, excellent, excellent. Well, you know, congratulations on where you are. That's that's a great spot and uh, very inspiring for people. Not only to, you know, if they've got forty two thousand dollars in student loan debt, how to crush it fast and uh, make sure that they have moved on to that next stage of building real wealth for their family. So congratulations, man. I'm I'm, I'm very excited for you. Thanks. Excellent. So do you have any books that were influential to you as you were starting to build wealth uh, that, that you could uh, recommend to the audience today? Yeah, you know, one of the, like I say, one of the personal finance books, quote unquote, um, that I really enjoy was Millionaire Teacher by Andrew Hallam. And I think it's like the seven rules to, to building wealth. And it, it kind of shows how like anyone, so he's a teacher, and uh, he kind of breaks down how he was able to become a millionaire on a teacher's salary, uh, which is just an, a lot of great strategies and actionable tactics in there that I really like. I would say like my non-personal finance book, but one that I found a lot of inspiration in was the, the Snowball, the Warren Buffett story. Um, I find Warren Buffett extremely fascinating fascinating because, uh, you know, of course he's one of the richest people in the world, but, uh, this book really kind of breaks down his whole life and his family and how his thought process is. And, um, it's a, it's a thick book, but I found it really enjoyable as well. Those are great. And those are two that I've never heard of. So thank you very much for, uh, for sending those my way. I'll be, I'll be taking advantage of my audible subscription, uh, to, uh, to get those down too. <laughs> Love it. So we're, we're all about action on this show. So what's one thing that you can leave the listeners with that they can do today to escape student loan debt and build real wealth? 
I, I honestly am a true believer that you have to get financially organized. Uh, it's the, it's, you can't do anything else unless you know where everything is. So we talked a lot about this, but choose your favorite tool, whether it's mint.com, personalcapital.com, a spreadsheet, um, Quicken, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of personal finance tools out there. You need a budget. Um, you know, pick one, get financially organized, know your income, know your expenses, see what's costing you money every single month. And then you can actually take informed decisions about where you want to go after. You want to go after debt. You want to start building wealth. You want to boost your savings account. Uh, those are all great paths that you can take, but it's really hard to take them if you don't know where you're starting from. I'm a mint junkie personally. What, what do you, what do you like, Robert? You know, I like personal capital. I, I was a mint junkie for a while. Um, I actually really like Quicken on the PC, but I've been a Mac guy now for the last five, six years. And uh, the Mac version of Quicken is not the same as the PC version of Quicken. Um, so otherwise, so I switched to personal capital. You probably like that Quicken because you said your dad was uh, t- doing that back in the 90s, right? Oh, totally. And then I started, so of course, you know, I started it because my dad started it, right? So yeah. uh, I still have my Quicken file, and I think I have all my income and expenses going back to when I was like in high school because I was very diligent. I'd put my income, I'd put everything I spent my money on all the way through. Um, you know, so it's kind of cool to look at sometimes. That's great. Well, I'm sure your family appreciates your diligence and uh, taking care of them, and and really growing your family tree, man. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. So where, where can people follow you, uh, contact you, and, and learn more about uh, Robert Farrington and The College Investor? Yeah, if you want to learn more about getting out of student loan debt and starting to invest, come check us out at thecollegeinvestor.com. Um, you can find everything you need to know right there on the site. Excellent. And just to let everybody know, I'm a part of a Facebook group that Robert leads, and it is extremely helpful. It's filled with other like-minded individuals that are trying to win for their family. So I'd highly recommend that too. Could, could you tell us the exact name of that and where people could find that? Totally. It's the Investing and Personal Finance Group on Facebook. Um, so it's one of the Facebook groups there. You know, Come by, check us out. We really try to facilitate a really Q&A discussion there. Um, it's, we try to eliminate a lot of the spammy promotional stuff, and we never let anyone sell you anything in there. So it's definitely a holistic uh, learning experience. They are very good at that, by the way, everybody. Just uh, just to let you know, some of these Facebook groups end up turning just to you know, people putting links on them or trying to sell you things. And this is one that's uh, very pure and, and gets across the message that they're trying to do. So congratulations, Robert. Thank you so much for taking your time today with us and uh, have a great one, man. Definitely. Love being here. Thanks, Andy. A jam-packed discussion full of net worth boosting goodies. My favorite kind of interview. Robert was able to see clearly at a young age that saving, investing, and eliminating debt are the key contributors to building wealth. His hard work has paid off, man. At 32 years old, Robert is now financially independent. He and his wife can craft their daily schedules how they please, and they could be truly present for their two young children as they grow. What an inspiration. That's what we're doing here on this podcast, my friends, providing you with the resources, the inspirational figures like Robert, and the actionable advice to give your family the life they deserve. If you missed some of the resources mentioned in the show, like Robert's favorite wealth-building books, please go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 45. We're going to put those in the show notes for you to grab, and it'll be an easy link to click. 
At that same link, tell me how you're battling student loan debt yourself and if you're building that wealth for you and your family. If you've been enjoying this podcast for a while, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes or Stitcher today. I'm looking to grow this podcast, and in order to do that, feedback and reviews are going to be extremely helpful. Those reviews help others to find the show. Here's a great one from Tyler T. Bird on iTunes. I haven't seen too many podcasts that are from a father's perspective that help you become an entrepreneur getting through money issues with your spouse, and transforming your financial life. Keep it up, Andy. Thanks, Tyler. Friends, if you could take five minutes out of your day like Tyler did to leave me a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash iTunes for an iTunes review or marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Stitcher for a Stitcher review. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Stephen King. You can... You should, and if you're brave enough to start, you will. Here's to taking the first step, everyone. Carpe diem!